Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of Baseball Talk. That's right, 20 episodes. We are so thrilled to have reached 20 episodes, whether you love us Halfway or Halfway to 40. Us. Halfway to 40, indeed. Whether you love us or hate us, you still listen to us, and we're Nobody thankful for it. Us. I don't know. You'd be surprised. Here's what we've got on the menu for you guys today. The Jays announced their starting rotation. More specifically, Charlie Montoyo does. Shocker, and who's going opening day? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. goes down with an oblique strain. We'll talk about that. King Felix made some garbage comments, and you know there's a rant coming up. Bo Bichette is dominating the Grapefruit League. And as usual, we will finish things off with the last week in Dunedin. So, I am Dylan Baker alongside Chris Baker. Chris, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Dylan. How are you? I am tremendous. So, let's get right into things. Earlier yesterday, Charlie Montoyo announced the Blue Jays' opening day starter along with the rotation. So, drum roll, please. Your opening day starter is Marcus Stroman. Yes, Mr. Ego himself was selected to start versus the Tigers March 28th. And when he was asked for comment, he said he now owes himself a makeout in the mirror since he pitched so well. <laughs> he did Jokes, not say that. No, he did not. Never would he. Jokes aside, Charlie Montoyo said <laughs> yeah, he, but he thought it, though. Oh, definitely. Montoyo said he wants to separate Stroman and Sanchez in the rotation, meaning Matt Shoemaker is your number two starter with Sanchez following. My guy Ryan Baraki starts in the four spot, and Clayton, we never see you, Richard, gets a start in game four when the Blue Jays host Baltimore. What I have to give a shout-out to your former coach, Bob Pickin, who has also, with you, picked Ryan Baraki to be a phenom this year. Yes. <laughs> it starts with the rotation, and he's now officially in the rotation, so I love mm-hmm. it. So what do you think of your aforementioned rotation? Well, you know what? I don't, I don't disagree with it. And in fact, I've totally bought into the Charlie Montoyo thing, not just because of the amazing commercial the Blue Jays put out with oh, Montoyo being very mysterious on his uh, voiceover, but it was, uh, it, was a good, it was a good commercial because that's the Blue Jay way. It really is. It's, it's teaching championship baseball, and I love what Montoyo's doing, so I'm going to trust it as a non-qualified baseball commentary folk and uh that sure puts a lot of confidence in our listeners <laughs> absolutely it does and they know i don't they know I, i'm not a major league manager so it doesn't matter but uh but what i do think is that charlie montoyo has done a great job with this rotation to start off i think it's the right rotation to begin the season uh, i love that he separated sanchez and stroman because i i do believe you can't have two power arms going back to back so i think that's great I uh, love that Baraki's in it, totally deserves it. And, yes, it and I, think, I do think you'll see a bit of a change to this rotation once uh, uh, Buckholz and, and things are ready. But I, I just think that, you know, maybe it's not even Buckholz, but, but I mean, for Buckholz to think that he was going to get in that rotation without even having a start yet, uh, almost at March 15th, is just silly. So, so you know well, what? In I fairness- think this is great. Yeah, in fairness to Buck Holtz, though, he was told by Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro that he was going to start. I uh, believe he will. I believe he will. I don't think this five-man rotation that you see in front of you right now is the five-man rotation for the whole season. I think any major league team that believes that of any five-man rotation is probably dreaming. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't think – but I do I, – I know where you were going with that comment, and I think that – uh, that Buckholz also would have gone your way with that comment, which is, you know, he was told he'll start right out of the gate. He can't, and mm-hmm. he's too, he's too, um, he's not ready. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't yeah. started. 
Mm-hmm. Is what do you say, right? Yeah, um, it, it, I think I think it's the best that Montoya could have put together with what he's got. I mean, Sean Reed Foley had a pretty good spring. I mean, ter- just awful in his relief appearance today or yesterday. Sorry, um, but I mean, in his starts, well, nobody was good at the relief appearance yesterday. So <laughs> no. I mean, we had a four nothing lead and lost it all to Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody was good, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Reed Foley wasn't either. So, uh, but you know what? I think it's the best rotation we're going to get to start the year, and I, I, I like the idea of having Stroman and Sanchez separated. Yeah, so, I totally yeah. agree with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't mind, we will move on. I'm sure you don't mind because you have no say in it. Into <laughs> 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 our next step. I do so. I can hang up on this whole podcast, Dylan Baker. Well, I'll anchor it on my own. Last Sunday, the Blue Jays oh. announced the game's top prospects. Sorry, I'm just kidding. You're a valuable part of the team. Okay. The Blue Jays yeah, announced the, the game's... Yeah, crying. Yeah, enjoy. The game's top prospect, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., has a grade one oblique strain will be out for three weeks plus a rehab assignment. Ross Atkins was describing the injury, and other than gingerly saying, yeah, about 50 times, he did mention that Guerrero had a sharp pain in his side on Saturday, and they discovered an oblique strain. Guerrero was struggling early this spring and had some fans concerned. An incredible, unbelievable coincidence. If Guerrero recovers in the time frame that Atkins said he would, that would solve, mysteriously solve, the service time dilemma. What does this do going forward from Blue Jays? I don't think it does anything. I think it. I think the only thing it does is is solve the service time dilemma, as you just <laughs> said, and, and and it might be that. This was perfect timing for the Blue Jays. It, I think it's a good news story. To be honest with you, I really do because you don't need the you don't need this overhanging story of the service time issue to continue any further than it already did. It was part of most of the spring, and it's it's finally gone. It feels good, playing well. Um, you know, and and Guerrero will get his opportunity down in the minor leagues to develop a little bit further. I heard John Morosi say on Jeff Blair's show today on on Sportsnet 590, the fan that, you know, this is precisely proving Ross Atkinson's point, which is he's he's got some development to do. Whether that's conditioning, as some people have suggested, because of this industry or industry <laughs> injury, sorry, uh, or if it's if it's just about developing his defense and so on and so forth, it might be all of that. But but the point is, he needs to develop maybe a little bit more. Does that mean, as Mike Wilner will say, that he may not be here till June? Now, I actually think Wilner's right. I think you might find that he's not in the big leagues till June. Now I think some holes have been exposed here and, uh, and I don't think Atkins is wrong. And I know the Shatkins supporters will, will hate that, but the reality is maybe there is some more development to be done here. He is only 19. Uh, yeah, no, no, he, that, no, no. Uh, he's coming up at the latest mid May and he's not coming up in June. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Ronald. Acuna yeah, but why? You can't just say that and, and then not back it up. You you need to tell me why Has that is. Has the kid because... developed enough? But for what? He's got one tool. His tool is hitting. His his defense isn't there. He swings a bat and gets an oblique strain. Like I mean, this is not a kid who's ready. You're joking. 
Is bad as Redding. Is bad is elite. Is bad. No, listen, listen. the league, but his one tool does not make a MLB player yet, does it not? You are exactly right. But he did play relatively decent defense in yeah, but- in spring training. Do you want elite? I want him up before June. But why? This guy what, can't what, be stuck in the minor leagues any longer. Hang on, hang on. So are the Blue Jays winning the World Series this year? Oh, get out of here. No, no they're just they're not. They're, they're, not. they're not. They're not. That's they're not, not an argument. But that's not an argument. That is based in zero fact. Get out of here does not solve the problem. What solves the problem is you giving me evidence that there's any reason to bring him up any earlier than June. He's big league ready. His bat is big league ready. His defense has been good. You show How? Me, you show me one instance in the spring where maybe there's one where he botched a ball. But he did. I mean, you and I were listening to the same game that he did that in. I so understand. He did. Yeah, but there's one so, ball. But wait, but wait a minute now. Now, wait a minute. This is a guy who you've got a service time issue, potentially. Right, he's absolutely going to be a major leaguer, potentially even Hall of Fame, and nobody argues that. My point is, he swung a bat and pulled a rib. And <laughs> is the is the condition is the conditioning the way it needs to be yet? I don't know. Is the defense there? Probably. I mean, he could be passable with a Seattle Mariners team for sure. Right. But he, you know, he's passable as a third baseman, but is he really elite defensively? I, I don't see it. I don't. And, well, no, and I, n- I don't see him being elite at all in his career defensively. Right. Exactly. I mean, he probably ends up at DH in the latter half of his career, which is fine because DH, by the time Guerrero's in his latter half of, of his career, will be league wide. And by that, I mean MLB wide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, and I don't believe that, that, Anybody who argues that DH won't work in the National League will ever get their way. I think it's going to eventually come that way. And so, and so, and that's fine. And that's great for Guerrero because I think that's what he ends up as. But I just don't see, I don't see any reason to rush the recovery from this injury. I don't. I, I see it as a, okay, he's hurt. It, it, it sucks. He's hurt. He's a top prospect in baseball. But why rush him? Why rush but him to me? But listen, he's only going to be out for a month and a half. I get that. And that's going back to last week, pretty much. So he's done till May, beginning of May. He, At the very least, he, yes. he gets his rehab assignment done. He comes up mid-May. Maybe, maybe, a, little, maybe a little later. But he's not coming up in June. I think June is too far. I don't. Th- I don't see them calling him up in June, because that I don't know. I just don't see it happening. No, and, I, and I see your point. But, I do, yeah. but I do see your point. And and the, the point is, if if he's really on a three week timeline, which we all know with an oblique injury, is probably yeah. not the case. Yeah. He's probably actually on a five week timeline. I mean, I know it's a grade one strain, and it's not anything worse than that, but. He's probably on a five-week timeline, which already sets you back into May. Then you've got to do a rehab assignment. I still see it as June. It, look, I don't want to see it as June. You think I want to watch Brandon Drury till June? Of course I don't. 
But at the same time, and no offense to Drury, although I'm sure if he was listening, he'd be extremely offended right now. But, <laughs> but, and nobody wants to watch Brandon Drury as your starting third baseman, but I just think, why would you rush this kid? Oh, he's got a huge yeah. career. He's got seven years ahead of him with the Blue Jays at the very least before free agency, hopefully longer. Why rush him? Why? I get We're not it. winning yeah. this year anyway, right? So, mm-hmm. no, I get where you're coming from. I, I just, I just don't see it happening in June. I see him coming up early. Well, anyway. okay. So let me say that. That, that, that's my, my point is, it may not be June. You may be right. It may be May, but. But with a little oblique strain, it's probably June. It's not because you want to keep him down till June. I just think that with an oblique strain, those things crop back right back up, and I just don't mm-hmm. know why you would rush him back to have that happen. Why not yeah. give him the extra two weeks, push him off a little bit, and and if he has to go into June, and I'm not talking June 30th, I'm talking June 7th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, somewhere in there, it's not – going to be late June, but it may push into June. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that happening. I don't want to see that happening. I don't think it will happen, but I can still see a, a, a universe where that happens. Anyway, let's move on. Felix well, Hernandez. Fine. Thank you. Felix Hernandez has been one of the premier pitchers in the game for years now. Recently, Mariners manager Scott Service announced that for the first time in, I believe, a decade, King Felix, or should I say Peasant Felix now, won't be getting the opening day start when the Mariners face the A's in Japan. Instead of the former star, Marco Gonzalez will get the start. Not surprising at all, as he has a 15.95 ERA this spring, and, and his ERA has been climbing steadily over the last few years, going from 2.14 in 2014 to 5.55 in 2018. The king has now been dethroned and his castle has been dismantled from within. Felix then went on about how infuriated he was that he was not getting the start. Seriously, you've got to be kidding. Nothing in baseball makes me more infuriated than when a a player does not realize he's a pile of dog turds now. You think my hatred from Tulo stems from him simply being Tulo? No, no, that's not where it comes from at all. He is still delusionally believing he's good while also proceeding to be a nightmare in the clubhouse, and in the meantime, he fractures a leg hair and doesn't play. <laughs> Again with the Tulo. Uh, we can't but anyway, just leave anyway. Tulo out of any episode. Has he been no. all, on all 20 episodes at Possibly. this point? Uh, anyway, like. anyway, Felix, buddy, you're not as good as you used to be. As a ball player, you have to understand that you're eventually going to be washed up, and King Felix has reached that point. In no way should he be saying, that he's mad that he's not getting the opening day start. He's been garbage. This spring, he's been terrible. Last year, he, was, he had a negative war. His war was, I'm pulling it up now, was negative 1.3. He did not have a good year at all. He has not had a good year since 2014. This should not come as a surprise to him that he's not getting the ball on opening day. Like, this is ridiculous. The king has fallen, and his knights have, have overthrown him. Get over yourself, King Felix. What are your thoughts on the drama? Well... To explain war to people, that's wins above replacement for anybody who's listening and doesn't understand that. And what that means is that essentially a negative war means when Felix Hernandez takes the mound, <laughs> the team loses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly oh, that's terrible. That is not good. That is not good. I did no. not know that. Uh, I mean, I knew, I knew he's having some struggles, but to have a negative war is a, is a little bit of a, wow, that's bad. Um, 
his comments, I, I, he was having a bit of a Stroman moment and I get it. Um, you know, I, I, I totally get that he's probably, how many did he do in a row opening days before? I, I think it's 10. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. And he's used to taking the opening day ball. He's used to walking out there with that big crowd and picking up that ball and spinning around on the mound and seeing 50,000 people cheering him on. I get that. Uh, he's not good anymore. He's, mm-hmm. he's not. And, and he knows it. I mean, last year, he, you know, as you just said, a close to a six ERA and he has a 16 ERA, a 16 <laughs> ERA in he spring 13, training. He's allowed 13 hits and 13 earned runs this spring. That's how bad. Yeah, like Felix, how can you think you're getting, I'm sorry, this is a short topic for this episode because Felix, buddy, let's have a little arm around the shoulders talk here. <laughs> You are not getting the opening day start with a 16 ERA in spring. Mm-hmm. And coming off a season, you almost had a 6 ERA. End of story. Sorry, there's just nothing else there. there is, no, there Thanks is. for your history. Awesome job for the first 10 years you did it. You're not getting it this time, and you don't deserve it this time. And that's the difference. If he deserved it and didn't get it, totally on board with King Felix. Totally. But he doesn't deserve it anymore, Diesel. He doesn't. He does, not. he does not. Yeah, he doesn't. So, you know what? I totally am on board with your opinion on this. Dumb, dumb comments. Just keep quiet. Say I didn't get it this year and move on. Um, just for reference, uh, just, just to say I did it, I looked up someone to compare King Felix to last year. In comparison, Jose Bautista had a positive 1.4 war. Jose Bautista, who hit 203 last year, had a higher war than Felix Hernandez did. You're done. I mean, Joey, You're not Joey, Bats, Joey Bats on this show is royalty, first of all. So let's just but but I agree with you. I mean, he had a positive war, so he's he's increasing his teams his team's win uh, uh, wins. And and I just think that you know, when you're decreasing your team's wins and you think you're going to get the opening day start, I, mean, I, I don't know how you could even think that. I just exactly. don't. I don't. Yes. It was just, it was just uh, I don't even know how to describe reading his comments this week Stupid. and seeing his comments. Just, just, yeah, it was just well beyond arrogance because for you to think that you could get the opening day start with the stats you had last year and the stats you're having so far this spring. I mean, I just started laughing, and I remember texting you after seeing those comments and thinking and saying, "Like, we should talk about this because <laughs> yeah. it's terrible. It's like, awful. how could you? Like, here, I'm going to do the worst job I can possibly do, and you make me your employee of the month. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, wow. it's 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 terrible. Um, King Felix, you're done. Should have retired with Beltran. Anyway, he may be, and, and I don't disagree with you. He may be. I mean, this is a, this is that that is how serious this is, and, and it's sad because he's an amazing pitcher. He's got an amazing career behind him, uh, but he he literally, yeah, this could be it for King Felix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I King's think court has fallen. Ah, no, mine were better. Um... But King's court is <laughs> King's court is his actual bleachers. I know. I know, but mine were still better. Moving on. (laughs) Bo Bichette has been dominating this spring. Laddie who? No, I'm just kidding. 
but don't a, little bit, a little bit though. I'm going to give you that a little bit though. Keep going though. Bo Bichette has four home runs and an average above 400 this spring dominating the grapefruit league. So is it becoming more and more likely that at some point this year, most likely in September, we do see Bo Bichette? No. No. Okay. No. And, and, and I believe Ben Wagner and Mike Wilner had the best opinion on this on the broadcast earlier this week. And that is, uh, and it could have, and so if I'm giving the wrong credit here, it could have also been Jeff Blair, but on Sportsnet 590, the fan. But I, I, somebody this week has said, and it was a great point, uh, they, they being Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, mm-hmm. forced Vladdy Jr. to have a triple A year, even though he was probably ready in double A to come out <laughs> of the mix, right? Uh, they're going to do the same with Bo Bichette. Uh, and it's, it sounds crazy because the spring he's having is phenomenal and he's opened a lot of eyes and he's come in and he's dominated uh, every time he comes out there, including defensively, uh, which means is he the more complete player than Vladdy Jr. right now? I, I mean, it's close. It, it is literally close. And, and I mean, I get that Vladdy Jr. will ultimately hit better than Boba I think we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. But is he the more overall complete player than Vladdy Jr. right now? Potentially. But he's still going to need that, that AAA year. I, I totally agree with Jeff Blair or Wilner or whomever said it that um, they will make him have a year in Buffalo. And I think mm-hmm. you might no, see him definitely. in September. You might see him in September. I, I get that. But, but I think they're going to make him be a Bison first and then go from there. Yeah, you're not seeing him at any point before September in my mind. If you do see him in September at all, which might not agreed. even happen. Agreed. Yeah, Because, um, I mean, they're going to, like you said, their plan, their ultimate plan with every prospect in the farm system is to make them go through every single level and i'm not saying it's a bad plan i'm not saying i disagree with it i might i kind of agree with it but their plan is ultimately to move every prospect station to station level to level he is not going to skip over triple a and just go straight to the big leagues at any point this year unless it's September, September yeah so now you are in the same position do you stick to that policy given what he's done this spring i have to because how are you going to justify keeping Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who had an amazing year last year, and forcing him to go through AAA, but keeping but letting Bo just cruise on through? Agreed. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you, you know, if you've developed this as a team policy to make sure every one of your prospects sees all three levels, then you got to do it, and you got to see yeah. it through. I mean, it, it's, it's hard as a GM, I'm sure. I've never <laughs> lived in that, that, those shoes, though I would love to. <laughs> But if I did, uh, it would be hard for me to see this spring that Bo Bichette's having and, and say I have to stick to my guns here and send him to a year mm-hmm. of AAA. But I still do it because yeah. spring results don't matter. And in the, in the mm-hmm. end, they just don't matter. And you look at an Anthony Alford and you cry for him because you know <laughs> this poor guy is having the best spring ever, but he's probably not breaking camp with the team. Same with Dalton Pompey. Um, you know, because spring results in the end are great, 
but they don't matter. And that's why I agree with you 100%. Bo Bichette's not coming up till September at the very least, or at the very earliest, I should say. And maybe even not at all this year, which will irk Blue Jays fans, but there's a big backlog yeah. in the infield and at all positions, really. And you have to keep them down. And, and that's the policy. That's the team policy. you got to stick to it. Mm-hmm. You have to stick to it no matter what, no matter how good a guy is at a certain level. So let's move on to our final segment, the last week in Dunedin. Here is what we learned. Bobochette is a beast, as we just mentioned. Bobochette has been killing the league of everyone's least favorite fruit so far. Leading us towards an interesting season for the young talent. Favorite fruit. I love it. I mean, who does like a grapefruit? No really? one. No one. No one I tried likes it a grapefruit. I tried I mean, it once. Throw a grapefruit just to smash it against something. You don't eat it. No, you don't. That's 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 a disgrace if you do. I'm just kidding. If you don't grapefruit. Grapefruit. I didn't know you were going to go there, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's so true. Anyway, Ryan Baraki is giving the Blue Jays every reason. For him to be an ace, there the, uh, he's an ace. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he's been really good this spring. Um, Deserves a spot in the rotation that he's getting. He Love it. Was really happy to see that today mm-hmm. because you know what his performance, as you said in the last week in Dunedin, but it's been the whole spring. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Baraki deserves a spot in this rotation, and he got it. Whether it's just temporarily or not, I doubt it. But I think listen. he is there all year. But uh, but I mean, deserves. To, to open the season, he deserves to break camp in a rotation spot, for yeah. sure. And I mean, and, and it's going to turn out to be a rotation battle with Clayton Richard and Clay Buckles. Baraki pitched five innings, allowing five hits, no runs, and he struck out three against the Twins. And if we see more of that, I think Clayton Richard becomes your bullpen arm. Or maybe they trade him. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> you really uh, think Richard's going to be the one that – what about Shoe Destroyer or whatever his name is? <laughs> Shoemaker. Shoemaker, yeah. Like, I, I feel like Shoemaker's the one that, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But... No, no, you're definitely wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been before. You, you've, but... said, you've said a lot of garbage things today. I'm just kidding. We haven't, but that's that probably the rude. worst thing. That's the worst thing you've said all episode. That's <laughs> what? Why? That was... Why? You're just buying into Shoemaker because his elbow didn't blow out this spring? Okay, okay. That's fine. That's no, fine. I, that's, no, that's not why I'm buying into him. I'm buying into him because Clayton Richard had a 5 ERA at Petco Park last year. He's going to have a 12 ERA at Rogers Center. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, right, Sean well, Reed- the stats and I used eyeball tests. So we'll see who's right. <laughs> I'm right. Sean Reed Foley is looking like the number one backup starter. I mean, he's had some impressive starts this spring and looked terrible in his relief appearance today, but so did everyone, as you mentioned. He looks, like Bi- he looks like the Bison's ace this year. Sorry, yesterday, you're right. And the team's go-to guy if there is an injury. And by Agreed. the way, final thing we learned, Troy Tulowitzki's only batting 212 this spring. Get <laughs> off my back. He's not an MVP. It's not happening. Nobody so thought he was that? going to be, Dylan. We all knew the real Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, but people are coming up to me. Oh, Tulo's having a good spring. No, no, he's not. He's batting 212. He's got two home runs. So what? I don't care that he's got two home runs. He's batting 212. Okay. Infuriating. Infuriating. already. Uh, what else did you learn this week? Is there anything else? You know, <laughs> I'm still laughing at the Tulo obsession you have. Uh you know what? This this week was really great for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm oh, going to yeah. give it to them. Uh, they were offensively outstanding. Uh, they won, what was it, seven in a row? Eight in a row. 
eight in a row before they lost one and then won another one. But, um, you know, I, I, I think this team is going to surprise a little bit this year. I don't think they're going to the playoffs. So <laughs> garbage clowns on Twitter. Just don't even start. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's going to be a better year than most people think. And I think that has going to have, have a lot to do with Charlie Montoyo's way of managing. I really do. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be very aggressive. I think he's going to preach defense. Some of the things I've heard on Jeff Blair's show this week while they've been in Dunedin, Florida, are that this team is working hard. They're working as a group. They are really making an effort defensively because they know that to compete with the Yankees, they can't make any mistakes, even with the Red mm-hmm. Sox. And what I've noticed this week is – uh, and I, I'm sure it's been happening all camp, but just because we've had more access to the Blue Jays this week with with Jeff Blair being there and with uh, with the broadcast being live all week on the radio, that uh, it's a really tightly run camp and oh, yeah. yet a fun and relaxed camp as well. And I think Montoyo is going to make a huge impact. I think it's going to help the, t- the kids relax, which I think they need to relax. They're in the hardest division in baseball for the most part. Um so relaxing them is going to be huge. I just think, and I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying, I think the Jays will be better than people thought. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Anyway, here's what is to be seen for the next week in spring training. And actually a little bit during the season, will Anthony Alford keep up his torrid pace going into this year in Buffalo because he's not making the team who will pitch their way. <laughs> out of the starting rotation. Will it be Clayton Richard? Will it be Ryan Baraki? Spoiler, it won't be. Or will it be Clay Buckles? <laughs> you one and, of them, you and your former coach, Bob. One of believe them, that. Yeah, one of them's not going to be in the rotation come, honestly, possibly May. And it'll be interesting. Well, Buckles is coming in. You think so? Okay. Well, yeah. And then if he pitches his way out of the rotation, then Clayton Richard comes back in. Um, and you heard me there. I didn't say Clayton Richard or Ryan Barucki comes back in. I said Clayton Richard, and I'm sticking to that. Uh, not, anyway, not, Foley. not unless two of those starters are terrible. I don't see okay. him coming up unless there's an injury. See, I think I think if Richard doesn't work out in the rotation, you're going to have to see him DFA'd. I mean, he, he has no yeah. options. So if he gets DFA'd, somebody picks him up. He's not coming back. And I, and I think that but you still have a full forward. rotation without him if you have Clay Buckles. Yeah, but, if, but what you're saying is if Buckles then doesn't work out, it's Richard that's coming back, but he won't be because I think if, he, if he's DFA'd, he gets picked up somewhere else. I think you got Reed Foley coming yeah. out. Well, yeah, and then Reed Foley will get a longer stint in the big league, which I think will be good for him. There's a lot still to be seen, and there's – there are two weeks left in spring training to do it. This has been episode 20 of 211's Baseball Talk. Thank you so much for getting us to 20 episodes. For Chris Baker, my name is Dylan Baker. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you all next week.